Do you have your Presto card yet? I have had a Presto card for ages, and, uh, I mean, I hang on to that thing like it's gold, because if you lose it, there's a lot of problems that come along with, you know, replacing it and and putting it on hold. We've already been through that. But today the Toronto Star uh, ran a headline that says, Metrolinx continues to share Presto users' data without requiring warrants. Now, that makes me nervous. Ben Spur wrote this. He's a transportation reporter. He said law enforcement officers are increasingly seeking access to personal information stored on transit riders' Presto card um, with requests for the data spiking by 47 percent in 2018 compared to the year before. And while Metrolinx, the provincial authority that controls Presto, only acceded to a minority of the request in 22 instances, Related to law enforcement investigations or suspected offenses, uh, offenses rather, the agency divulged card users' information without requiring a warrant or a court order, a practice that has troubled rights groups since it was first exposed by the Star two years ago. We spoke about this a couple of years ago. So it's interesting that uh, we're still hearing that they are giving away some of our information. They'd like to call it sharing our information. But right now we are joined on the line. By Brenda McPhail. Brenda happens to be director of the Canadian Civil Liberties Association, and she deals with privacy technology and surveillance. Welcome to the show. Well, hello. Hi. Thanks for being here. Brenda, you know, it's it's bad enough that Metrolinx is giving out the info, but it's kind of worrying that the police are actually asking for it. We don't live in a police state. And the reality is they know the protocol. If you the warrants are in place for a reason, you have to go to the judge to seek a warrant. That is worrying, no? Well, we are definitely concerned about it. Uh, the reality is um, if you have an organization that's creating a really big database of personal information that's potentially useful to the police and they're not requiring warrants, then it makes complete sense that the police would ask them for it. I mean, we all want our jobs to be easier. Why does, it, <laughs> why does it make complete sense? I mean, they're breaking the rules. They're breaking the law, essentially. Well, essentially, because Metrolinx um, is the holder of the information, they own the information that's collected on their property, uh, if they choose to give it to the police, they're actually allowed to do that. Hmm. Is there a scenario where you think it's okay for Metrolinx to share Presto card info with the police? Well, definitely there are emergency situations. So, I mean, nobody would ever say that the police should be delayed from getting information if there's a missing child lost in the transit system, for example. Um, So there are emergency or exigent circumstances where it's probably reasonable for Metrolinx to give police information if somebody's life is at stake, essentially. So if you're not a criminal, we hear this all the time from people. When I open up the phone lines and we talk about privacy issues and people say, well, if I'm not doing anything wrong, what do I have to worry about? What is your fear? Well, I mean, all of us, many of us rely on public transit to get around every day. Um, And we have to be careful that we're not making big public systems into big systems of surveillance. You never know when somebody is going to want information about you or when that's going to be consequential. You don't have to be doing anything wrong to fall under suspicion. So first of all, it's not a case that if you never do anything wrong, no one's ever going to be looking for your information. Um, And the other thing is, you know, societally, as a society, do we want people's information to be sort of available for law enforcement on demand? Or do we want there to be a set of procedures and safety precautions to make sure that they only get it when they really need it for a valid investigation? And that's with a warrant. 
And that's with a warrant. Metrolinx, um, the star is saying, is taking positive steps such as publishing an annual report and regularly reviewing their policy. But you have a, a few uh, problems with that. What would they be? Well, you know what? They're, those are both really good steps. I think this is a case where public concern and feedback from groups like CCLA and others has had a real impact. So if you look at the difference between 2017 and now, we do have this report. We do have a much better, clearer policy. So, I mean, we don't like the idea that Metrolinx shares information with law enforcement without a warrant. Two years ago, they didn't even really make it clear that they were doing that. It was kind of secret. Now it's actually written on their policy when they're going to do it and when they won't. So those are, those are definitely good steps. Um, but in our opinion, it just doesn't go far enough. The reports could give us more information, um, and we are not convinced that the policy they've come up with and published is strictly guarding our information closely enough. What information do you think is missing? Well, for example, they, because Metrolinx reserves the right to share information with law enforcement at their discretion, it would be really helpful to know what kinds of offenses they're being asked for information about. So are these like really serious investigations or are they more kind of phishing investigations? If we knew what kinds of information, what the nature of the requests, we'd be in a better position to judge whether or not the decisions that Metrolinx is making you know, on their own discretion and under their own authority are ones that we as a public feel are reasonable or not. I understand the Presto card and the need for it, and it seems like a good idea, but here's what I don't understand. Why does Metrolinx need my address? I think it's enough on my account that I have my name, my credit card, so that I can, you know, uh, fill up my Presto card anytime I want. And instead of, you know, if you're if they're suggesting that they need my address for verification, if I lose my card, that I can prove, oh, this is me and I lost my card. Could they not do that with security questions? Wouldn't that suffice? That would be another approach. I mean, partially. I'm not 100% sure, but I suspect partially it's around billing. So one of the main reasons they want your, your name and address um, is to link to your credit card information to allow you to top up your card or buy your, metro, you know, your monthly passes. And a credit card will typically verify your identity partially with your address. All right. So uh, what is the takeaway from this story? Do, should we be demanding that our um, you know, enforcement, law enforcement officers follow the rules or that Metrolinx clams it unless they see a warrant? What would you like to see happen? Well, Metrolinx is committed to reviewing their policies every year, um, and we'd like to see them review it again and consider whether or not they feel that their policy of sort of exercising discretion um, is really meeting the public interest or whether or not um, they should be tightening it up. And I do, obviously, we think they should be tightening it up. We really think that absent emergency situations, really, police should be asked to get a warrant. I appreciate your time today. Thanks so much, Brenda. Thanks so much for having me. Cheers. 12 minutes after 3 o'clock. Brenda McPhail, Director of Privacy, Technology and Surveillance Project. She works with the uh, Canadian Civil Liberties Association. I think, Chris, I have a real problem uh, with our law enforcement agencies not seeking a warrant. It doesn't matter if Metrolinx is willing to share the information. I have not given my information um, to Metrolinx in order uh, for them to, you know, skirt the law. Mm-hmm. And I don't like the fact that we do not, um, we're not asking for our law enforcement agencies to be more accountable for their actions. It, it doesn't matter if it, it makes it easier to do their job. 
it's wrong. Well, I, I don't blame the police in in this case. I believe I blame more Metrolinks only in that you know when. Like like when uh, the FBI or the investigators are looking to get information off of an iPhone, they ask Apple to hack it. Apple said they wouldn't hack. Uh, I, I believe it was a San Bernardino attack in L.A. or in yeah, California. Yeah, I recall that. And Apple said, we're not going to give you this uh, a backdoor into our program. So basically, all Metrolinx has to do, the cops... You know, are sort of, I feel like, obligated to ask. And so they can ask for it. And if Metrolinx just says, hey, come back with a warrant, and the cops can probably come back within a few hours with that warrant, I think that would be okay because then we'd make sure that the boxes are checked off and the right sort of protocols were being followed. But I don't really blame the cops for asking. I do because I think if you're justified, then you go to a judge. And if you're trying to get around something, then you go to Metrolinx. And so to me, that raises all kinds of alarm bells. And, you know, I know that we're not going, we can go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth on this. But I just think it is getting to be so that the, you know, we are sitting back and we're becoming complacent with the fact that we're losing our privacy. People are, you know, trying to do things the easy way. And we have uh, a system of law set up where the judge rules on when access can be, uh, you know, when you can gain access to information that otherwise should be private. And I hate to say this, but criminals have rights too. And I know that that seems like a very unpopular statement. Well, but no, that be- is because we're the, innocent until proven guilty. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Canada may be known for its landscapes and friendly people, but beneath the surface lies a darker side of crime, history, and the paranormal. Since 2017, the award-winning Dark Poutine podcast has explored the shadowy corners of the Great White North and beyond, delivering chilling tales from a uniquely Canadian perspective. Hosted by Mike Brown and Matthew Stockton with over 300 episodes and fresh releases every Monday, Dark Poutine is your weekly ticket to the creepier side of Canada. Listen to Dark Poutine on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts.